Good morning, Ray. Good morning, John. Happy Tuesday to you. And a happy Tuesday to you. And welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. My favorite day of the year, Ray. Man, I've missed you saying that. Yeah? Yeah. I've missed doing podcasts with you. You know, we have not released an episode, I believe, in like 10 days. Uh, Yeah, maybe. I don't think uh, we've ever gone that long since we launched the show. We haven't gone without releasing an episode. We've recorded a few. We have. We just haven't released it. Yeah. We did a uh, remote, which should be out sometime, hopefully before this one, yeah. maybe not. Yeah, later this week. Yeah. And yeah, when you're hearing this, hope you enjoyed that remote. <laughs> Unless we release this one first. Shortened episode. Yeah. You were in Atlanta doing some training. I was. And... Uh, I think just to uh, confuse our listeners, we should release this one first and release that one after this one. Well, since we've given a detailed explanation, I don't think it will be that confusing. <laughs> if people are so, listening to them in order of release. So, Ray, tell me this. Okay. What, what's, up with the, uh, what's up with the robe that you're wearing today? God, really? The purple. It's got like a gold crest on the left-hand breast. I would love to find out if anybody else finds as much humor in that it looks as like, you. It's like Crown Royal purple. It, I, that I love looks, how actually, you, that looks like a Crown Royal I, I love how you associate it with alcohol. Well, it's just the bag. <laughs> it couldn't be, uh, you know, royal purple. Such as what? Like a king's robe. It is a king's robe, but it's the Crown Royal purple. All right. Uh, anyway, so what are we talking about today, Ray? Today we're going to talk about product knowledge. Product knowledge. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do I know about product knowledge? I know you don't need any. <laughs> no. That's um, for the weak suck. <laughs> yeah. Product I can knowledge. walk in any dealership. I don't care what they sell, and I could sell a car today. Well, that's probably true. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, so, I'm, you know, we're jumping ahead a little bit. I mean, you, we, no current events this week? Uh, I did write a song last night, Ray. You know, I heard your song. Yeah. It was, it was it's, what's the title? It's called It's Saturday Morning. Yeah. And the, the words are, uh. There was a lot of da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> There's a lot of doo-doos in there, yeah. yeah. It's Saturday morning. Doo-doo. Where are you going? Are you excited for the weekend? That's yeah, a good one. It word. was. If, if no one is watching, will you go exploring and maybe find yourself a friend? Right. Do, 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 A lot of do's in there. Do, 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 Yeah. Maybe someday I'll release it on the EP. All right. little demo tape. That'd be good. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's kind of a fun jingle beat. It's not, you know, overly upbeat. It's certainly not a... Solemn song. No, I think it's just a, a nice little. Yeah, I was trying to write us a, a theme song. Okay, and it came out kind of like uh, I don't know, like I don't even know artists today, but like a James Taylor esque. Wow, I was thinking like a chick. A chick would be singing it. I don't know, kind of ballady and yeah, anyway. yeah. Anyway, all right. So uh, so yeah, that's current event. Been doing some songwriting. Song. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else is going on? I uh, I forget. I was going to tell you something else, but I can't remember right now. Maybe it'll come to me. Okay. What do you have? Uh, I'm reading before we started the recording a post from Dan Guitard. Mm-hmm. 
friend and uh, fellow consultant in the auto industry, guy I have immense respect for. The most illustrious hair I've ever seen. Oh, he's got a beautiful head of hair. Like Magnum P.I. Yeah. Well, my mustache, too. My father used to say, you know, God made a few perfect heads, and on the rest, he put hair. Yep. And Dan would fall in the perfect head category. Because there ain't no hair. There's not a hair in sight. Nope. Mm. Keeps it high and tight, if you will. He waxes his legs, too, which I found weird. (laughs) I mean, I know that he waxes his head. But you know, at least you share your fantasy of you know people's dress and physical state equally. Equally, yeah. It's not just me. (laughs) I wonder if he's wearing a burka right now because you know I'm sure you've seen him in a burka many times in your fantasy world. Yeah, it's kind of one of those head to toe coverings, like a dress. Middle East. Yeah. 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 So, uh, no. I've never so, seen Dan in a burka. Dan, uh, and you've never seen me in a purple robe either, but that didn't stop you. Uh, so, Dan posted, I won't read uh, his all of his comments, but basically he was commenting on a CRM expert who said, if you have X CRM, you don't need a BDC. Yeah. And his point... Oh, is a CRM salesman? Saying right, you don't yeah. need a BDC. <laughs> as long as you have this right. great CRM that's going to solve all your problems and be the answer to all your... Then all know. of a sudden, salespeople know how to talk on the phone. Right. Yeah, because they have this CRM. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and his point, which I thought was an excellent point, was the reason CRMs fail is due to a lack of management engagement. Yes, agreed. And I commented to say, like the preacher friend of mine when asked, what's the best version of the Bible? And his comment was always, the one you'll read, right? If if there's one that you'll read more than another one, then get that one. Yeah. Same with the CRM. The one you'll use is the best CRM. They all have basically the same functionality, but it's it's the use therein. Yeah, and we all have our favorites. I mean, right. I can think of, you know, my top 2 or 3 right in the, you know, off the top of my head. I know which one I would pick. Okay. Were I in charge of picking a CRM? Yeah. But it's I think it's the interface, it's the features, it's right. the uh it really a lot of times it comes down to which one the people using it are most comfortable with. Right. Right. And typically people are more comfortable with the ones that they learned on early. Right. 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 Whatever, which one you were exposed to at the beginning of your road, that's the one that you are going to gravitate to has been yeah. my experience. Well, I tell you, the one I started on was crap. <laughs> so you don't gravitate toward no. that? Which one? What was it? Um, early, I'm not going uh, to say. All right. I started on an early... It's, it's, it's a blank and blank. Yeah, I started on an early Reynolds and Reynolds, and uh, have you seen their their latest? I have not. Release? I mean, I honestly, my opinion of their CRM comes from 15 years ago right. when I used it. Yeah. yeah, and it's I'm sure it's better now. Hopefully, well, and it's funny because uh, all of the the function in the service side, mm-hmm. right? And there are a lot of software now where it's much more user-friendly for service advisors 
But those old school service advisors, they go right back to that green screen. Really? If, if it's available to them, they're going to use it. The F function keys. Yeah. All, yeah. I mean, they have all those memorized. Yeah. They know exactly how to manipulate and go through it. And that's one of the things I put in my comment was, you know, it doesn't matter what technology you get. People are going to be able to be able to figure out a way to game the technology. Yeah. Right? They're going to figure out the workarounds or the ways to make it look like you're doing something that you may not have actually done. Well, wasn't that Steve Jobs uh, that, you know, said he wanted to hire a lazy man to, to be a programmer because he'll find out the quickest and easiest way to do something? Right. Yeah. I, I like that. Uh, you know, give give the hardest job to the laziest person and he'll find the easiest way to do it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's much more succinct. Yeah. So uh, so that was my current event was Dan Guitar's post and so all right, we can move on. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, any more current events? Not the current events? No, I don't have any current events or current events. Hey, I have some good news though. Oh please. We have tacos on the way. Yeah. You remember that scene from the office where where Nellie and Daryl are gonna they're in the a, a luncheon or something, right? Some kind and she's of. She's trying to seem very, what, American? Uh, yeah, she, yeah, she's trying to get some friends there in the office. I guess she wants to bond with Daryl. She says, "What I wouldn't do for a great big cheeseburger, or you know, what are some other foods or we pizza like? Pizza pie, yeah." yeah. <laughs> and he says, "What about a taco?" She's like, "Okay, yeah, I could go for some tacos." And she never had one. He says, well, I'll go get us some <laughs> if you'll give me the money. She's like, oh, for uh, two tacos, uh, what's that, 20 $25? And he says, 30 He says, $30. And she goes, yeah, yeah, right, right. Oh, yeah, of course. What was I thinking? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That is. That's funny stuff. Well, that makes it Taco Tuesday. It is. Huh. And I have tacos on the way. I know. That's what and, I'm saying. And enchiladas and shredded nachos <laughs> yeah. and queso dip. <laughs> But when you order, you you make sure that you're. I mean, the delivery fee's the same. So why not get three days or lunch, the Mexican dinner, <laughs> breakfast tomorrow, late snack, all in Second one delivery. Lunch. Second lunch, absolutely. Oh goodness. So right. let's talk about product knowledge. Yes, product knowledge. So uh, here's here are my thoughts about product knowledge is. It's not necessarily going to be used on every customer, and probably not. Uh, you know, it's very important to understand the psychology of the customer and that specific, you know, engagement. What's important to them. However, in order to um, be able to discuss a spectrum of motivations from the customer, we have to have all of the knowledge. Right. You know, if a guy comes in and he's going to use this for off-roading, well, we got to know those capabilities. If somebody's going to be using this for hauling the kids around, you know, if it's a grocery getter for a suburban family, well, we got to know how the seats work and and where the hidden uh, incorporated child seat is, right? Oh yeah, you know things like that. So yeah, I think it's important for salespeople to understand top to bottom, front to back, the products that they're offering. Yeah, well, and and there's an expectation with the customer that when they come into let's say a dealership. That the person they're dealing with should know more than they do. Amen. Right? I mean, <laughs> Which it's not always the it, case. In fact, yeah, I would say uh, it's a 50 50. Yeah. But at least, or, you know, you don't have to know every function and feature on the vehicle, but 
have a, a couple in each realm, whether it's, you know, safety, performance, uh, you know, I don't know, all, all of the different aspects of it, right? Uh, that you have a few features that you can go, oh, let me show you this. Yeah. Once you know what their specific concerns or needs or desires for their next vehicle are, right? Yeah, and I think that's important because they may be on the wrong car. Right. You know, maybe they think they've done all their homework, they've landed on this one specific model, but if you've got the product knowledge, you know, you can say, hey, I understand that you like this car. However, the way I understand the features you want, this one might be a better fit. Let me show you some options. Have you considered? Yeah, exactly. I love that. Have you considered? Yeah. Right? I'm not saying, hey, I'd be glad to sell you this one. But have you considered Mm -hmm. these features that are available over here? So, yeah, I think product knowledge is, and honestly, I was never a product knowledge guy. (laughs) I, I usually like I was recommending found one or two things that really resonated with me because I knew if I was excited about it, I could speak in an excited way about it. Yeah. But yeah, did I know every, you know, uh, differential and see, I liked knowing that kind of stuff just because I think it gave me credibility, you know, and if a customer came in and, you know, said, Hey, I don't want to tow a boat. I could say, okay, how much does the boat weigh? Well, what kind of boat is it? All right, you know what? This truck and this rear end and this right. transmission will tow that boat. Oh, yeah. You know, and so they kind of, you know, as we've talked about before, we're the professional. We want to take the customer by the hand and lead them down the path. Well, I found that they are a lot more willing to follow you when they feel comfortable in your product knowledge. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and what better way can you find to show value, right? I'm getting ready to ask you to pay $48,000 for something. I better be able to show you $48,000 worth of value yeah. or else we're going to have a real tough time when it comes you know, to the negotiation piece. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I tell you, I mentioned before we started, uh, Brian, you know Brian, mm-hmm. he's in the landscape industry. Good friend of ours. Good friend of ours and a regular listener. I know because he always sends me texts. Regarding how great of a host I am, <laughs> yeah. how I carry the show. That's typically uh, his comments is, you know... Tell John, <laughs> great show, great show. <laughs> right? No, he 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 definitely keeps you honest, John. But uh, but we we were I was working doing the sales for a landscape company, and we uh, went out to go meet with a prospective client. It was a massive outdoor mall facility, and we're walking through. You know, they had just I mean tons of you know plants and and green space and you know issues to deal with whether it was you know uh, beds in the middle of a walkway or you know an island literally in the middle of a little pond with water features and stuff like that and you know the the guy was all right you know here we were another landscape company there pitching this guy and Boy, Brian started talking about all of the plants and, wow, you probably have a problem with this here. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, and how do you fix that? Well, here, here's what I would do. And the guy's like, oh, my God, that's that's brilliant. And immediately the conversation changed from, okay, here's another company that's going to yeah. give me another pitch to a detailed conversation about the real issues the guy was dealing with because Brian had the knowledge, right? Yeah. I mean, from the the – 
plant material all the way to you know the, seasonal the and the and even the the chemicals to use right with well, consideration it's so. funny jonathan dawson posted something on linkedin today it was a 90 minute interview he did on somebody's podcast and i didn't get to listen to the whole thing or uh two minutes of it even but <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you have you have thoughts but i read the comment <laughs> Jonathan <laughs> uh, Dawson posted something today. I, I didn't watch it, but here's what I think about it. <laughs> he, well, because what he said about it was, listen to this podcast where we discuss how to not only overcome objections, but prevent them by addressing them before they come up. Okay. And so I assume that's what they talked right. about. <laughs> but, I wonder but, if people comment on our uh, they look at the title. Right, they look at the title. That or, guy's an idiot. Or, I, mean, I can yeah. tell from the title. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, okay. But, but I think that's in essence kind of what happened in that instance is Brian didn't overcome any objections. No. He brought them up himself before the customer did and addressed them before the customer could even ask about right. it. Right. And so, they gave complete confidence to the prospective client as to these people know what they're doing. Yeah. Same thing in service. You know, when we go through the red, green, yellow. Oh, yeah. Hey, look, these things are okay, but you might notice down the road, you know, in a couple of months that this is going to start giving you an issue. Right. Well, then when the thing happens two months down the road, the customer's like, man, that guy told me yeah, this, this was going to happen. Yeah. Absolutely. We're just building credibility. Credibility and value. Right. That's why I always go back to that service department. That's why I buy from these people, because they have the knowledge and they can share with me all of the issues that I may have or, or concerns, address and, my concerns. And again, it's product knowledge. It's understanding what you're selling. Right. You know, and yes, that can come from 20 years experience. But let me tell you, there are some guys 20 years in the business that don't know the stuff a guy two years in the business does. Right. Because the guy two years in devoted himself to this being his career and honing his skills. Absolutely. And right. in the car industry, I mean, it it's not hard to gain product knowledge because they... <laughs> they shove it down you, your Yeah, throat. they give yeah. you the videos, you got the placards, you have the, the standalone uh, explanation... And throughout the dealership, you can go get in the car and push all the buttons. I was going to say not to mention, hell, the greatest thing about the car business is you can walk out there and you got 200 cars. Right. You can hop in and drive around the block, you know, and hopefully your manager is cool with that. Hell, I'd drive five a day. I haven't found many managers who don't recommend, especially with new hires. Yeah. But yeah, if you said, hey, I'm going to grab some keys and go check out some of these cars to learn a little bit more about them, yeah. who's going to tell you no? Right. Right? Oh, no, no, no. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Get back down to your desk and watch another <laughs> YouTube video. <laughs> so, Have you done your training? I see you got one more module. Right. <laughs> I was at a dealership, actually the one in Atlanta, and uh, the GM pays a $100 spiff if somebody will complete all of their trainings within, I think it was like 36 hours yeah, of, you know, being logged in and, and available to do them. And yeah, I mean, easy hundred bucks. Yeah. Not to mention you get to keep 50, you know, of the hundred and you only have to give the guy who took the test 50. <laughs> Did you ever have somebody do yours for I you? I used to be the guy. That, that, that people would pay to do yeah. this? 
Man, I loved those things. I mean, like I said, I liked it. I liked having the product knowledge. And, you know, I mean, when you have these manufacturers who have plenty of money, they they do a good job of making them entertaining. I mean, yeah. Some of them are a little more painful to watch than others, but... Uh, no, on, honestly, part, it's a running joke, but I, no, I don't think I ever did take yeah. tests for anybody. Okay. But anyway, what yeah, were let, Let's get that out there. <laughs> <laughs> We, would, uh, we make jokes, right? We would like to officially state that John has never taken this is, payment this is, uh, for for this is all tongue fraud- in cheek. A fraudulent test. Theater of Ray's mind. Yep. Is that what you say? Theater of the mind, yep. So no. although we may not have been the the strongest product knowledge salespeople that ever were, uh, we certainly see the value and would recommend People in a sales role know your product. Well, and, and here's the the caveat to that is just because you you learn it and you feel great about learning it and you feel like the smartest guy in the room, a lot of customers don't care. Yeah, you know, don't don't turn into that guy that's out there got a, a wife and her two kids out looking at a minivan and you got her, you know, hunched up under the hood showing her where the the thingamabob connects to the Joe right, blow. The, the flux capacitor. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah. No, right. I, I, yeah. I, I know plenty of extreme product knowledge guys who could not close a door. Amen. Right? So, yeah, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not the only thing you need to invest your time in, but it certainly is a valuable thing to invest your time yeah. in. It doesn't matter what you're selling. And like we said at the top of the show is it's – because you got to have tools in your toolbox. You got to have bullets in your gun. Right. Right. And so you choose the tool that fits the job. Yeah. So you got a customer that comes in. Go ahead. What was the one guy you talked about? Uh, you were all excited about something on the new, when you were selling Ford's Ford truck and you were sharing something with him, all excited about it. And he was like, yeah, John, I, I've never had that issue. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was the display they had in the showroom. It was the, you know, they had like a little uh, a cross section of the frame, you know, and how Chevy was a C frame, but Ford was a fully boxed. Right. And then they had the comparison of the bolts that had on held on the truck bed. The size of the bolts. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, look at these Ford bolts. They're a lot bigger than the Chevy bolts. They're <laughs> thicker. They're longer. And he's like, Are they really, John? That's not important to yeah, me. Right. Like, I've never had a bed fall off of a truck. <laughs> I don't care if they use sheet metal screws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's never been an issue. Not really yeah. one of my deciding factors here. Right. <laughs> right. And at least he was he was kind enough to share that with you exactly. to stop you. He didn't just go. You know what? I'm out of here. Right. right. Oh, you know, okay. He was like, yeah. John, John, yeah. listen, bro. I don't care. Well, I thought you were going to bring up the guy that uh, came in looking for a diesel truck. He was going to go. He was in rural Tennessee. And he uh, was going out west to work in the oil fields in the natural gas industry out in Texas or Oklahoma. Well, I, I said, you know what? You ought to take a look at this other truck. And the truck it was, was one of the sales managers got fired. And like before he left, he ordered like three natural gas, uh, what are the Ram 1500s. Yeah. yeah. It, it literally ran on natural gas. Right. Well, there are only like 10 in the country or something, and we had three of them. Well, so the, the and, it was, and it was probably like a 
three hundred day old unit. Yeah. Oh yeah. That had At least. like fifteen hundred bucks, you know, flat on it. Yeah, I think it was like two grand flat or something. Right. So, so. you were showing. I mean, the lady was coming in for the minivan. Let me show you this natural gas yeah. truck. Absolutely, because you never know. Somebody says, you know what? I'm here to buy the Miata, but my husband is interested in the truck. Right. Yeah. So we we get in in this thing, and it's almost out of gas. Well, hell, where are you going to fill it up? We found, I Googled it, and I found one place an hour away. I said, let's take a test drive and go (laughs) fill it up. So, So I drove up there. We filled it up with natural gas. He drove it back, and we signed the paperwork, and he took off. It was a done deal. Nice. Now, of course, like any smart salesman, I got him in my office. I got a write-up sheet. We're talking. I know he's going to buy it. So before I get him to sign, or before I show any paperwork to anybody, I go back to my boss, and his boss happened to be there. I'm like, hey, uh, what was the deal on that natural gas truck again? <laughs> he goes, why? You got a deal on it? I'm like, no, 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 I don't think so. I'm just curious. You know, what was the thing? I'd like to sell it if I can help out. He's like, yeah, so, yeah. It's I just want to help. $2,000 flat or something. I'm like, all right, here. Right. <laughs> there you go. I got a Spin deal. Spin it. That's funny. <laughs> all right, man. All right. Well, I think I hear the music, and which means, you know, unfortunately, we've come to the end of yet another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Or fortunately, uh, you know, it could go either way. Yeah. The jury's still out. But well, we do want to say thank you to those people listening. Allie we appreciate Owens you. would be very disappointed in that way of thinking, Ray, and I don't appreciate it, to be honest with you. All right. Well, you know what you and Allie can go do. <laughs> <laughs> you can go get all excited and dance around whatever if you would like to learn more about John and Ray visit our website, SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com, where you can also listen to additional episodes or read articles we've written. Or email us directly, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. We'd love to hear show ideas, comments, feedback. What about dealers and sales managers, Ray? If you're a dealer or manager who would like more information on our sales training, BDC training, new hire training, or process evaluation and improvement, Simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. And don't forget about the total dealership assessment, Ray. That's where we come in, evaluate the sales process, look at the lead flow. I mean, if you've got leads that you're not handling properly, we can help. And we can help both on the variable and fixed operation sides of the dealership. Right. And these are immediate action items that you can put in place tomorrow to sell more cars or write more ROs. Right. Simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. That's info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com.